Radio MD. RadioMD.com. The world's preeminent talk radio portal. All about your health. And now here's Melanie Cole, MS, host of Staying Well. Recently, a report from the Center for Disease Control stated that 300,000 Americans contract Lyme disease each year, 10 times the amount previously believed by health officials. My guest is Dr. Stephen Carries. He's the chairman of pediatrics at K. Hovnanian Children's Hospital at Jersey Shore University Medical Center. Welcome to the show, Dr. Carries. Tell us how common is Lyme disease in children and how, what is the diagnosis? What would send up red flags that would send us to our pediatrician to look for this particular disease? Well, first of all, it's, it's not a uh, countrywide phenomenon. It's very, very common in the northeast and the mid-Atlantic states and along some of the midwestern states. That's the Lyme region. There's not nearly as much Lyme in other parts of the country. Uh, but the, in those parts of the country, particularly in the peak season, which is July, August, September, when, when Lyme is at its highest, uh, the things that would make a mother or father bring a child in would be, number one, rash. So the most, um, probably most common and most prevalent sign of, of Lyme disease is a rash. It's a rash that is red and kind of grows and gets a little bit bigger. Sometimes the center of it is lighter because it starts to um, clear a little bit essentially as compared to the peripheral part of uh, Lyme. It's, um, it's a rash that's not particularly painful. It can be a little bit itchy and usually will show up um, two, to, two days to a week or two after uh, being, uh, being bitten by a tick. The tick is a deer tick. It's a very small little tick. It's a black-legged little critter, and uh, sometimes it can be very easy to overlook the, uh, the tick. So the most common sign is probably the rash. Uh, second most common is having the flu. It, it, it feels like the flu, it, and you can get that flu with the rash and sometimes without the rash, and that's usually a fever, headache, tiredness, not feeling very good, sometimes some joint aches and pains, very nonspecific. And uh, if you haven't thought about whether you could have been bitten by a tick, it's very easy to see it as a virus or some other other sorts of, uh, of an illness besides Lyme disease. So then what would be some, what's your first best piece of advice? Because we're going to talk about treatments if you do have a child that gets diagnosed with Lyme disease, but what's your first piece of advice for parents to prevent this infection? Right, so particularly, again, for those parts of the country where Lyme is very high, uh, it's, it's, it's very important to try to protect your child. Because that is the best treatment is prevention. So that's, there's three or four things you can do that are very, very beneficial. First is to uh, wear clothes that cover your body. That's not a simple thing to do in the summertime, but it's very clear that if you wear you know, protective clothing with long sleeve shirts or long pants, if you can, particularly if you can tuck in the long pants because your um, ankles are a favorite site for, for, for tick, uh, tick bites, um, so clothing is really important. There are tick repellents that you can use. The most effective ones are repellents that use the chemical DEET, D-E-E-T, usually a 30% solution. 
That seems to work a lot better than the uh, other protective uh, repellents that are out on the market. And uh, that combination usually works pretty well. So that's the first thing you can do. Second thing is um, check uh, daily. If you're in one of those areas, check every night before your child goes to bed. Uh, it usually takes a tick 24 to 36 hours to uh, to cause um, the passage of the bacteria into the body. So you have a 24 to 36 hour window of protection as long as you can find those ticks and remove the ticks. And uh, in order to remove the tick, it's not particularly complicated. You don't have to use a lot of chemicals. I know people talk about putting gasoline or various things to try to annoy Yikes. the tick. But, but, but in general, those don't really work. Um, best thing is to get a, a good pair of tweezers to try to get a hold of the tick uh, above the body, around the head, and just kind of gently pull directly out. Don't have to twist or do any kind of funny maneuvers to just try to pull that tick out, and that's usually very, very effective. Now, Doctor, will if you do get bitten by a tick, do they automatically stay there, stay in, or can you get bitten by a tick and it drops off? No, they can definitely drop off, but like I say, you have a... It takes 24 to 36 hours for a tick to get get onto your body in bed and then begin to, you know, engorge uh, herself with the uh, with blood and, and then transmit the bacteria into the body. So you have, so if a tick gets on your body and falls off, then that's not an issue. It's only those ticks that get onto your body, that hang around. That stay on and have that time. Stay on, okay, yeah, stay good. on for 24 to 36 hours. It takes a long time. That's a good distinction so that if someone has a tick and it drops off, then that's not a big concern. The concern is if that you get bitten by a tick and it stays on and it has that 24 to 36 hours to embed itself and and get the bacteria going into your bloodstream. And pre- prevention, you want a 30% DEET, you know, bug spray repellent, good clothing, protectant, and, of course, checking your kids head to toe. If you've been in these areas that Dr. Carries is talking about, make sure you give your children a good old check like you would, you know, I mean, even if you have a pet, you give them a tick check. Give your kids that tick check. Go from the feet all the way up to the head. So now, Dr. Carries, what if, what if it is diagnosed that your child has Lyme disease? What are the treatments out there? Okay, well, let's talk about two or three things. So the first thing is, let's say that you um, uh, find that you that there is a tick on your child, and it maybe was there at least a day or two. You're not sure the tick is engorged. So what do you do about that? The child has no symptoms, but um, it, it looks like there's probably been a couple of days with a tick on you. And so in those endemic areas, like I talked about, where tick is, with, where tick uh, infestation is so high, most folks actually recommend uh, you know, treating that uh, uh, with uh, antibiotics for a few days um, in a preventive mode. That seems to be be uh, be helpful and seems to prevent uh, further further spread of the bacteria. So that's the first thing. So that's that's even without any in symptoms. And then, if you have actually have Lyme disease, and we can talk about how complicated that can sometimes be to diagnose. But if you have the classic rash, which is the probably the most important sign, sometimes our rash can be in multiple places, although it's usually just solitary. So if you have that rash, you know, even without any of the other flu-like symptoms, or if you have the flu-like symptoms, then there's a 
there's a lot of very, very effective treatments. For, for older kids, you can use an antibiotic called doxycycline. For younger kids, uh, amoxicillin works very, very well and is very, very, um, very, very useful in treating disease and you get very good cure rates from using antibiotics. So, Dr. Carries, we don't have a lot of time, only about a minute or a minute and a half. So amoxicillin for the younger kids, doxycycline for a little bit older, these are proven to be pretty effective if you catch it early, and the prevention we've talked about is really great advice very quickly for us. Wrap it up. Your best advice on prevention of Lyme disease in children and really in adults, what can we do? Well, like I say, uh, having... Your antenna up that this is a this is a potential problem. Particularly if you live in an area where there's forests and trees, and the exposure risk is really high. The endemic areas of New England and the Mid Atlantic states are you know critically high areas for Lyme in the summertime. Second thing is be aware that uh, even without the rash, uh, flu-like symptoms can make you think about uh, Lyme, and at least get you to a doctor to get some testing done to see if if Lyme is a possibility. Um, and the third thing is that when you have some more chronic signs that show up in Lyme areas like um, uh, neurological signs. And or I'm arthritis. sorry, Dr. Carries, because, well, we're just out of time now. Thank you so much for being with us. You're listening to Radio MD. This is Melanie Cole. Stay well. Stay well.